welcome to another the time for some action podcast here this evening with brother t hey people's out there uh back for another episode uh hope everybody had a good week um back for how how are you doing this week brother (laughs) it's been a week i'll say that but uh, it got some stuff I wanted to talk about basketball-wise with you here this evening. Uh, so I kind of want to get started with that. But yeah, this week was pretty chill. I got off the, uh, the had the show with my homeboy Mike yesterday. We talked a little football and talked some basketball talk and we got some other things cooking up for you guys uh later on as well yes sir that's that's what's up uh basically the same thing for me uh really really pretty chill week just uh uh the normal stuff you know i uh, a couple of the basketball rumors uh that i did want to touch on too but uh let's get into it brother let's talk about it I want to kind of touch upon uh, the whole with the NBA coming back uh, this so quick turnaround time with everything finally getting settled with the start date of the season being December 22nd uh, free agent the draft are coming up just next week Uh, what's your take on that do you think it's uh, fair for teams like, and not just, granted, we do have a Laker bias, but teams like, say, the Heat, uh, the Nuggets, uh, Celtics, teams like that, that just recently finished up uh, barely a month and a half ago, are going to have to kind of go through the, the uh, expedited off season to jump right back into a, a full season of work. What do you think about that? Uh, well, uh, my my take on it, it, it definitely can be a uh, a drawback. But then again, I also think that it it could be a positive uh, because um, you know, granted, you we talked about the Lakers, you know, of course. Uh, you know, with LeBron going into his 18th season being 36, uh, you know, you want to get as much rest as you can for uh, those those uh, veterans as, as much as you can. You know, the Danny Greens, if uh, Rondo, Dwight, and all those guys come back, um, then, of course, you want to get that rest. But, I mean, it, from what I'm seeing is – I actually think the Lakers are going to go have kind of a turnover. And so, uh, you know, some of these guys may not be back. And also, um, really, since they just only got done playing, say, about a month ago, I think the Lakers actually may have sort of an advantage because they won't be as rusty and as um, out of shape as some of these other teams that have been off you know, almost eight, nine months of the calendar year. So I think as far as, uh, you know, if you can add some more depth to uh, this already, uh, you know, pretty deep squad, I don't think it's going to hurt the Lakers as much as people think it's going to. Um, and, you know, also teams like the Heat, because the Heat are actually really young. And also um, uh, Denver, you know, Denver's young also, and they'll be bringing back their core guys. Uh, um, and, you know, the Celtics are fairly young. So I don't think it's going to be so much of a, a, a hurt as people think it is um, for, you know, the teams like the Lakers, because I actually think the Lakers are going to have a, a turnover. They won't have the exact team same team back next year and so uh i think it could be a curse and a blessing but um i mean come on man we're talking about lebron lebron you you've been seeing him on um on you know social media 
he keeps his body in magnificent shape. I mean, he was already working out with his daughter a week after they had won the chip. So um, LeBron knows how to pace himself. He's already been kind of uh, really pushing towards Anthony Davis, saying that, hey, man, you're the dude. You know, I'll be here when you need me, but guess what? You're the dude. You're 27. So uh, it's time for you to take that mantle. So uh, those are just some thoughts. I, I don't think it's really going to be as uh, crazy. And then also, you know, we just got to accept that this is a new reality. Um, everybody's going to have to swallow this being a new reality uh, and and just adjust to what's going on now. Nothing's normal anymore. So <laughs> 2020 hasn't told us anything else. It's that nothing's normal. So I don't think it's going to bother the Lakers as much as some people think it is. But, uh, you know, uh, we just have to adjust. They'll just have to adjust like uh, like everybody else had to, has had to. So what do you think, uh, uh, Brother brother Niles? Yeah, I, I kind of see it the same way. Uh, there's a couple concerns I do have, though, and mainly being that, and now granted, LeBron may have joked about it when he was on his show, um, The Shop, but he said he was going to, and then Danny Green uh, spoke on it there a little bit on his uh, podcast there as well. They they probably are going to coast that first uh, month, uh, say month, month and a half of the season to start with. My only thing that I give pause on is if they do so, and let's say, for example, they keep their team intact, and try to just kind of slowly uh, get them uh, and kind of like don't uh, put the pedal to the metal right at the beginning just to kind of uh, ease them into the season you run the risk of digging yourself a hole at the beginning of the season and you're playing catch up at, at the end where you might not now granted I don't foresee them having a trouble winning on the road but then again, it's winning on the road and going into the playoffs. You never know. You don't. You want to give yourself as much uh, advantages as possible, and it, it's not that there's really going to be. I don't foresee there being fans at games, but just the travel in general, uh, which is likely to happen with uh, with and. Uh, this upcoming season, I don't see them being putting them back in the, in the bubble. They'll be traveling for the playoffs this go around. That brings a, another uh, variable into the equation where, okay, let's say the Lakers don't get off to so hot a start. They even things out toward midseason, but they end up, say, the three seed or four seed, something like that, and granted they get a home court early, but say the next couple rounds, they're playing on the road. That's kind. Of, those kind of things just have me thinking, alright, well we do, we may need to try and get some depth to not kind of just always have to count on Braun or AD to kind of bail us out because you got you, you kind of want to look at this as not just a one or two year thing. You want to kind of try to extend this as long as possible. This pairing with AD and LeBron until you can get that next guy that'll be able to take over for LeBron with AD and have that pairing be the 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 Lakers centerpieces going forward. That's how I how I see it. Uh, now, if they are able to acquire that this offseason, and which we've heard rumors of them uh, possibly doing, then that puts all those different like fears aside where you're not having to worry about that. But let's say you still you come back and you still have your two alphas at the top with AD and LeBron, and then you fit the pieces around them. I don't want it to be. And Rob is a smart GM. He's proven that this past uh, offseason, the season before as well, as far as I'm concerned, Rob doesn't get the credit he deserves in terms of building this roster out. Everybody uh, likes to joke about the 
Lance Stevenson's, the Beasley's, the Rondos, and the JaVale's, but those two guys, uh, uh, JaVale and Rondo, were definitely key pieces when they just won this most recent championship, so you can't knock that as far as I'm concerned, and the scouting department has definitely been able to uh, find those diamonds in the rough, like the Caruso's, the Kuzma's, uh, even uh, the young guy, THT, uh, Talon. Uh, so hopefully you got you get contribu- contributions from them that don't require AD and LeBron to kind of go full board too soon in the regular season so that you can kind of pace them so when you get to the playoffs, then they can just take over the show. That's how I kind of see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much this, uh, this, like I said, the same thing for me. That's how I see it. Uh, well, let me ask you the question. Um, what do you think about some of the rumors? What do you think about the DeMar, DeMar DeRozan uh, deal? Uh, I, I think uh, Chris Paul and, uh, and Bradley Beal are a little bit far-fetched. I really don't even really care to t- too much to touch on that. Bradley Beal would be the uh, the ideal, perfect scenario, but I really don't think uh, they'll be able to pull that. Chris Paul, I'd love to see that, but uh, I don't think it's good in the long run because you'd have to give up too much for somebody that's uh, over 35. Uh, it may bring you another chip this year, but after this year, you know, you'll really be uh um on the downslope of uh two of your biggest stars but the DeMar DeRozan piece is kind of interesting to me uh I, I I keep hearing people say well he can't shoot threes he can't shoot threes he can't shoot threes the, I don't this is another thing about these guys uh with this three-point shooting the guy can put the ball in the basket he's a long wing defender uh, he is a, a, a third scorer, and um, and he's young enough to pair with AD, not necessarily as a star, but a really good number two or number three. Um, you have other roster spots that you can go get shooting in, and I think uh, I, I, you know, from looking at Demar Derozan for Kuz and. Danny Green, it's hard for me to really say uh, no to that deal. You know, you're getting younger at the wing, and, you know, you're getting, like I said, another scorer. Uh, Now, as far as Kuz, that would be hard for me to give up on him, being as young as he is. But I think DeMar would know his role coming here. Kind of like how, uh, not necessarily, I think he's more offensively skilled, than uh, Ron Ron was when he came here, Artes, but I think he would know his role um, um, as far as uh, being that third guy, being that defensive wing guy. I think he would be a, I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, I've heard opposite uh, ends of it. I just wanted to get your um, your um, thoughts on that. Uh, I I can go either way, honestly. Uh, I, I with Demar, I like his game. I, I don't got any problem with it. The three point uh, thing really isn't the uh, isn't the as big a deal to me as it is some of the other uh, things I've heard online. It does bring up the question, though, and I actually had this discussion with someone at, at work as well. All right, you're bring in DeMar and you're pretty much at that point your your team is locked in place in terms of like tradable assets standpoint there because from what I understand the deal would have to be those pieces you mentioned along with your first round pick this year so you're pretty much riding with a, a, a team of you got your Caruso, your DeMar Braun AD and the rumor is Serge Ibaka, which I I'd love if they were to add him on. That would be if that if now if that were to happen, I'm definitely fine with that going forward. But if not, that's another story. But 
you and that's and in that scenario you're you have to think you're probably losing KCP in that in that deal seeing that Avery Bradley is switching agents that gives you the thought that he's probably opting out and going to get another deal uh, you're trading Danny Green so you're you kind of like you're giving up three you now granted those you're, you're three solid contributors you're getting one while not superstar I still say DeMar is a, a star in this league so it's one of those things do, if you think that AD is still on the trajectory that he is and I do then you make that move and you just gotta let him you just gotta understand that he's probably got the shoulder on a whole lot more of the load as Braun starts to kind of taper back in his career that he's got to take that more assertive role as the leader on the team because DeMar isn't going to be that much of a, a vocal guy he's got to definitely be the defensive anchor which he already was he's probably going to have to shoot a you, you are going to need some type of shooting there and he's going to have to get even more consistent with that three so there's a lot of things that you're probably going to be asking of AD in when you're making this type of move because the other moves that'll be happening around it that's gonna uh, that's gonna cause that to happen so while I like it you also have to understand what you're probably having a losing when making that deal there as well now if you can supplement say losing a because these are just your uh, your your guards and losing coups you may also be losing Marcus Morris there as well. So, I mean, Marquise, excuse me, uh, Marquise Morris. So you have to take that into consideration. So when you're making some of these changes, be mindful of what's out there in free agency that you're going to have to put uh, in place of them. Now, I kind of think this is a pipe dream personally, because in the ideal scenario, like I mentioned, I signed Serge Ibaka. There was a rumor that he was actually following the Lakers page. And then that quickly, once that got found out, he unfollowed it. So take that what you will. But if you can get Serge with this team, he gives he definitely gives them defense and shooting at that center position. And you're not having to constantly put AD there. And they'd be a perfect like uh, complement to one another, I think. But in that role that uh, what I'm getting at, in that role that Kuz is playing as your uh, kind of your scorer off the bench, I personally would love them to go after a guy like uh, say Melo. The chances of them getting him. After how he showed out in Portland and the shooting he was able to provide on those corner threes from the driving kicks from Dame and CJ, I'd love to add that to to this roster. But I think he's probably at this point, with everything else the Lakers got going on financially tied up, is probably priced himself out of that. He's not a minimum contract guy anymore. He's not like he's going to break the bank, but if they're going to go after Surge, I don't foresee Melo coming for a minimum deal at this point. So that's kind of where my head has been going is, do they have like, uh, if they make this move, what other moves are they going to make uh, to supplement it is where my mindset is right now. Yeah, I I agree. Um, And like I said in the previous show, I said, you see how my nephew... (laughs) <laughs> my dude thinks uh he thinks like a gm he thinks far into the future like i said i'm uh in the moment guy he is a definitely future guy i i i have to also refer back to you know uh what what he said what what now said earlier in the show uh about um rob rob Palenka. he's a fantastic gm and i think Palinka and the staff has probably their board on how this would break down. That's another reason why I'm I am uh, uh, good with it. If they decided to do it, 
because um, I think they have pieces that have fallen into whatever box they're checking on if each of these scenarios play out. And since it is a rumor that, and DeMar, if you've seen DeMar's response, his response was, I mean, he can't say uh, that I want to be a Laker because he's under contract, but pretty much uh, it was all about he would love, he would love that. It's great to be wanted, especially by the champions. You know, I'm from LA and he said everything other than I would love to be here right now. So um, I, I am saying yes, because I'm banking on that the Lakers front office has everything in line as their plan going forward. So, but I also take into all those accounts that uh, Niles, he just broke down saying, you know, uh, if they do make this move, then X, Y, and Z could possibly happen. So just be prepared and stay tuned. It's going to, I mean, as, as you know, winning the championship, you would think that, you know, it'd be quite a kind of a quiet off season for the Lakers, but I mean, it's going to be a wild, just as wild as last year waiting on uh, the decision with uh, that that guy who um, resides in the basement. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's going to be just exciting as that because, uh, uh, you know, there's not going to be any big name free agents, but they're going to be free agents that can really fill roles that the Lakers are going to need and bring that fresh blood uh, uh, because they're going to be hungry to uh, taste the taste the champagne. Hopefully later this year exactly exactly that's a good point there is that uh, you may definitely be able to get some of those guys that are willing to come on those minimum deals like we mentioned the mellow i don't foresee that happening but as much as we used to laugh at him from his utah days with a guy like paul Millsap. He'd be like an excellent dude that's kind of in that David West mold when he was with Golden State that's at the end of his career looking to try to get a ring before he retires. He'd be a perfect guy to come in. Guy's a great rebounder, can hit the outside shot, and is definitely, from what we saw in the playoffs, isn't going to be intimidated by some of those fake tough guys uh, that uh, reside in the staple Center uh, uh, basement, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, like I said, it's going to be an interesting uh, next week once uh, free agency and the, uh, the draft starts uh, or commences to start seeing some of these moves that are going to be falling into place. I think we're still going to be in a fantastic position. And, uh, you know, it's the, the West is always going to be tough, but uh, uh, if we can fill in with some of these guys that we're hearing, uh, I think uh, they'll be right in the, the, the top one or two positions uh, in the West. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, kind of shifting gears a little bit, still um, in the West, specifically the Pacific Division, What's your take on the rumors with Chris Paul going to Phoenix after seeing just how they were uh, clicking in the bubble and they they even actually had a nice little run to start the regular season. Then they kind of tapered off after injuries happened. And then, of course, the shutdown of the season. Uh, But... That actually, I think, at least, would be a kind of an interesting move. You're not giving up too much in the Rubio. and Now, it does hurt that they give up Kelly Oubre, but uh, uh, what do you think of a backcourt of CP3 along with Devin Booker to go along with Aiden and everyone else on that roster? I don't foresee them challenging the Lakers uh, necessarily, but there that definitely would be an interesting team that you probably wouldn't want to see like on the second night of a back to back. That's for sure. So, what is what's your take on that? 
Uh, well, I did uh, did a video on my uh, on my YouTube channel, or, or actually yesterday about this. Just a quick take. Um, I uh, actually for them, for Phoenix, that is that would be a fantastic move. He would uh, uh, move. I'm sorry. Uh, he would be essentially in the same position that he was this year with uh, uh, with Oklahoma City. A young team with young uh, young assets, uh, with uh, Shea Gildress Alexander. You know they had Schroeder on that team. Um, Stephen Adams, uh, um, and and that team really overachieved by uh, due to Chris Paul's leadership. Um, and and to me, it would be the same role going to Phoenix. I mean, I. Devin Booker's better than anybody that's on uh, that's on Oklahoma City, but he would be in that mentorship role. He would bring that uh, that veteran toughness, that leadership, uh, that winning attitude, and uh, I think he would be fantastic for that Phoenix team. But for Chris Paul, if you're win trying to win a championship, that's not the place that you want to be because. You know, uh, as Niles E said, do you really? It, are they going to challenge the Lakers? I don't think so. Are they going to challenge uh, uh, the team in the basement? I don't think so. Are they going to challenge um, um, Golden State? No. Are they going to challenge Denver? No. Are they going to challenge Utah? Now you're getting into their frame of things, uh, where and I don't know where the hell Houston is going. But uh, <laughs> can they challenge Portland? Yeah, they can challenge Portland, Utah, uh, and and uh, you know Houston if they uh, decide to blow it up. But really, are you uh, in that top four tier? Are you are you going to be challenging those guys? I don't think so. So for Chris Paul, it really would make a lot of sense. He might as well stay in Oklahoma City and see what he has there. Uh, um, but if if you're Phoenix, then it's great because he's gonna get he's gonna be a guy that's gonna, you know, possibly get you the what a good year for them would be the six C seven C. Okay, and now you're gonna see you're gonna see the team from the basement or you know the Lakers or some one of those top four teams in the first round and. You're most likely going to be going home. So, does Chris Paul really want that, or you know, does he want to go somewhere where he knows he's going to uh, at least be in the Western Conference Finals or Conference Finals if he decides to go to the East? And so, um, that's my take on it. Phoenix, great move. Chris Paul, personally, um, I think he uh, he may want to think twice about that unless. He just wants to, you know, uh, be on a young, exciting, another young, exciting team with a young, exciting player. So uh, see, that's my. See, now my uh, opinion on staying in OKC is their hiring of their new head coach, who's, is, <laughs> if you saw saw him, he's uh, Chris is about to be, if not, uh, Chris is older than their head coach. He's the new head coach they just hired is only 35 years old. So that team, they definitely aren't uh, on the same timeline as Chris in terms of competing. They're finally ready to say, all right, they're, they're not probably, they are losing Gallinari this uh, off season. They probably would like to find a taker of Steven Adams contract if they could to try and get uh, some other pieces there. And then I heard a British role. Yeah, I saw a, a rumor actually saying the Lakers were interested in Schroeder as a as a possible asset. I mean, as a possible pickup. So I don't see him wanting to stay in Oklahoma City for for sure. We, I wouldn't want to. That I'd be miserable. You're out in uh, tumbleweed territory and and playing with a bunch of kids at, uh, I can't see Chris being patient enough to deal with that. So in terms of his options, everybody keeps saying that basement team, 
I don't see him going back there. Like that team, one you'd have to strip them down uh, to everybody but uh, Palmdale and Dusty Braids, and, and I don't foresee them doing that. And the Knicks, <laughs> yeah, like that, like that's gonna happen. So. He's kind of in a between a rock and a hard place. The only uh, destinations I really see are the Phoenix destination, like we've touched upon, or Milwaukee. And Milwaukee would have to have a package centered around Eric Bledsoe. Like that doesn't excite anybody. Like I know I've seen dudes at the park play better than him. So uh, yeah, Bledsoe. Bledsoe is one of those guys I just can't understand. He has all the tools, uh, and and just yeah, but he and he shows flashes of it, but then he just I forget that he's there sometimes. I, I um, LeBron loves Bledsoe, and and like that's one of his workout boys, and but he just I, I when he was at Kentucky, and then when he first came in the league for the Clippers. I thought Bledsoe was going to be the business. And then he's just kind of been one of those dudes that float around. Like, oh, yeah, they got him. So, yeah, I don't think any uh, any prize would be uh, uh, in acquiring him. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't see him going back to uh, the basement team. And I just don't understand. They keep putting the basement team in all these deals, who the hell are they going to trade? Or what assets do they have? They have no money. They have no picks. They keep putting the basement, and they don't put the basement team with trading uh, Palmdale. I'm like, dude, if you're going to do some of these deals, how's Palmdale Paul not involved? They just, they're going to, they really think a, a, um, uh, Beverly, uh, Harrell and uh, or Montrez Harrell and and um, who's uh, and Lou and uh, Lemon Pepper Lou are gonna be sweet enough deals to get these these top 15 20 players. I just don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. Now when mm-hmm. it, when they talk about this with the Lakers, they always say the Lake oh the Lakers don't have enough. But when it comes to the basement team, they these guys are the, enough for Chris Paul. They're enough for Westbrook. They're enough for everybody. I just, I don't understand. Well, okay. I mean, with with Harold, they can't make any deal with him anyways because he's a free agent. So he's a, any, he, yeah. he, any deal he's included in, he'd have to agree to a sign and trade to that uh, yes. new team. And that makes that basement team like a hard cap team. So that would of the equations there so those are just like pie in the sky type scenarios there really when you think about it yeah and that's what I keep hearing these these pie in the sky scenarios that 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 they uh, keep having the uh, the basement team in and 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 I just I don't see it I don't like you said it would literally be those three but how are how is not of course, we know nobody's going to really ask for Kawhi, but Palmdale, I mean, how is he not in any of these deals? I, I would rather, I would, if I'm the basement team, I would rather pair uh, Kawhi with a Chris Paul or a Westbrook um, than Palmdale. Uh, Palmdale has showed that, that he's not that guy. Even if he comes back super motivated this year I just it he just doesn't scare me in the fourth quarter he doesn't scare me in the fourth quarter he doesn't scare me in the playoffs period I mean um, you know what he he scares the side of the backboards that's what he scares (laughs) and 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 um, you know this isn't like oh okay I had you know I can see Kawhi coming back and having a revenge type year because he's proven himself in the playoffs. And it was only one play. Everybody, you know, people, Magic used to have the name Tragic Johnson because of 
1984 uh, playoff season that he had, uh, where he had some uh, some real bad moments in the finals. You know, people have had bad moments in the playoffs, uh, but uh, Palmdale is consistently that dude in the playoffs where, you know, he just has, I mean, not just bad games. He has bad series, bad games, and the worst, I'm, I'm talking like games where he's only scoring like five points, ten points, you know, seven, eight points, and, and a bad game. To me, for a a uh, superstar is somebody that puts up a lot of shots, but he's still gonna score a lot of points. But Palmdale doesn't do anything when he has bad moments. Like, let's you know, when Kobe had that bad game seven, you know, six for twenty four, he still went to the line and got twenty three points. But people forget he had fifteen more. Exactly. And and you when you have bad games, you just gotta find other ways to contribute to your team, and that's what Palmdale Paul doesn't do when he has bad games. Yep, yep, and I don't think he's grasped that yet. Is that uh, when your shot isn't going, there's other ways to be able to contribute to the team to like to the team's success. He thinks, well, let me just shoot my way out of it. No, sometimes that isn't the way to go. Sometimes you got to realize it ain't good night and, all right, let me pick up on D and try to shut down the, t- the team's best wing, uh, wing player, something along those lines. But uh, enough of them. I don't even know why we spent this much energy talking about the basement teams. So. <laughs> uh, we got to try and be fair sometimes. I ain't nah, be uh, never mind. I I can't even I can't even uh, keep a straight face. It's, I can't stand them. They're, they're on the same plane. They're not on the same plane as the Celtics, but they're they're uh, in that stratosphere. Yeah. Now uh, mentioning the Celtics, I do gotta say a, a quick. Uh, a rest oh. in peace for uh, old Tommy Heinsohn because I got to admit, even though he was a Celtic, I loved hearing him on the call <laughs> where he flipped out at many a referee over a hard foul call. Yes. Tommy wasn't having it. Yes. He was from that old school. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And for the young guys that don't know, are the our young listeners, young viewers that don't know Tommy Heinsohn. Uh Tommy Heinsohn was uh um the um announcer on channel channel two when the NBA actually used to be on CBS in the in the eighties during the glory golden years of the NBA. Uh and Tommy Heinsohn was an ex Celtics player from the sixties and his Celtics bias would come out ridiculously cool. with those bat- with those moments, those battles that the Lakers had with the uh, Celtics in the eighties. So, yeah, uh, R.I.P. to uh, to good old Tommy, and and yeah, he did used to uh, <laughs> he didn't hide his bias just like us. No. <laughs> oh man, like yeah. Uh... I'm circling it back to the uh, the NBA now uh, we touched upon free agency a little bit and admittedly like I said on our earlier show I honestly am aside from the top part of this draft completely clueless on uh, college basketball this year to really give the informed opinion that I w- that you would come to expect of me on it but I do know that top three prospects at least in LaMelo uh, James Weissman and Anthony Edwards and just like from what I've seen projection wise how they have them all shaped out to be now I've heard lately that a lot of GMs aren't excited about LaMelo and it's mostly because and we experienced it firsthand, really firsthand in, in some of our family's case, the antics of Lavar and what oh. he brings to the table. And we saw it 
uh, with the Lakers with Lonzo, like I said, some of our family members saw it in person with Lavar, but that's that's another another time there. But I'm of the opinion with Lamelo. Uh, you're asking this uh, young man to basically grow up on the fly in the public eye and play against men essentially overseas when and normally dudes in this situation are they, they have a nice uh, high school uh, high school career play that one year college ball and then they're in this position I'm with him the way I see it he's having when they say he's immature this and that they're just projecting what they don't like about the father and basing uh, his skills off of what uh, Lonzo hasn't done so far. But even though the Lakers traded Lonzo, I do uh, think outside the shooting, he definitely brought uh, a nice defensive uh, mindset to the team, was very smart on the defensive side of the ball. And if LaMelo uh, picks up anything, from his brother in that sense, along with the, he, you see him as is, he's still growing and filling out, but he's got, definitely got the, the, the body type you want from your point guards now to be able to go out and see over the defense, make the right reads, get the ball where it needs to go and run definitely the NBA offenses of today. And I honestly think uh, I don't, if from everything I'm hearing, Minnesota's going to go with Wiseman for the pick, even though Wiseman and Cat, I don't really see them meshing well in the front court. But if I had the first pick in the draft, I'd go with LaMelo. Yeah, I I actually agree uh, with, especially if you're not trying to get rid of, uh, get rid of Cat. But I actually been hearing that they are, uh, that, they're shopping him now. So uh, it seems like they could be trying to go with Wiseman. Uh, I, I did get to see a little, I watched a little bit more college basketball. Uh, uh, and I liked Wiseman when I seen him play those couple of games. Uh, but LaMelo is such an enigma to me because I remember seeing this kid. He was five, five, eight, his freshman year in high school. And he has grown to about six eight six nine. Uh, he definitely has the pedigree, but as uh, my co-host said, you know where is his mind going to be? Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a child. He's a young. He's he's eighteen nineteen years old, and going to be the uh, possible first pick in the draft. Uh, now he's kind of the exact opposite of his brother. He is more offensively developed than uh, than he is on the defensive end, and uh, that can work to me really in this new NBA because guys really can't play that sort of defense that they used to play uh, in the '80s and '90s specifically, um, and and uh, offensively now. The point guards have to be so far advanced. Like, you know, people aren't looking for the Lonzos and the Rondos. Really, I mean, granted, Rondo uh, has really uh, upped his stock with his playoff performance, but a lot of people aren't looking for those pure point guards anymore. They're looking for those combo guys. So I think LaMelo fits that bill. Um it's like I said, it can kind of go both ways. If uh, if they're really trying to get rid of Cat, then I think they w- are going to go with Wiseman. But if uh, you know they don't have any takers for for Cat, and they want to continue to give him the opportunity to uh, develop, uh, then you go with you go with Lamelo and try and pair those two guys together. And there's another guy. Uh, that I watched play that I actually liked that is not going to be in the top five. I think he's going to be in the top ten. But this guy out of Dayton, uh, OB Tippin, I really liked his game this past year for Dayton. Uh, he's about 6'8", 6'9", 
a guy that can step out, shoot, handle the ball. Uh, he reminds me of not quite as much bounce, uh, but he reminds me of uh, um, what uh, Sean Marion type. His his body type uh, really reminds me of Sean Marion, but he can shoot like uh, um, now. Go, my co-host is gonna laugh at this, but he can really uh, shoot like a Tim Thomas. Like he's that type of guy. Uh, where <laughs> he uh, he's a shooter like Tim Thomas, but his athletic ability fits a Sean Marion. And he, to me, is perfect for today's NBA. You know, that guy that's 6'5 to 6'9, lanky, handle the ball, can shoot. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Obi Tippin is a uh, surprise guy in this draft. Uh, he really stepped his draft stock up this past year with his pr- uh, performance at Dayton. Uh, I-, I seen him playing the Maui Classic last year, and he had some huge games in that in that tournament and he really carried it uh the momentum on through the season that's why he was able to really jump up uh in this draft stock this year but uh i did i did see edwards play also uh he's another guy that uh that's that wing type of guy really strong uh can also shoot handle the ball uh he reminds me actually a lot of like an oladipo type um, but uh, he has the explosiveness, and like uh, like my co-host said, those top five guys really are gonna be the um, the foundation of this draft. If you can get one of those top five players, and to me, including that uh, 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 Obi Tippin, I think you uh, will have a uh, uh, a fixture in your um in your organization for a long time so uh i do think i would go with uh lamello first just because the game is so guard oriented especially from the offensive position but i wouldn't be surprised if uh wiseman uh would be the first pick also because he's like that new age big big man that can step out and do everything and and recover on defense and switch on defense. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is going to be an interesting draft, the first couple picks, and then after that it's kind of like, okay, let's see where it goes from here. Uh, But from what I'm hearing from uh, um, a lot of uh, draft experts, uh, it it actually is really a deep draft, though. With uh, with a lot of players that uh, that can help you even uh, in the later rounds, so um, we'll have more of a take next. Uh, I believe next show because the draft uh, will have happened by then, and then we'll start to break down some of these some of these uh, picks that we see that happen uh, next week in the draft. Yeah, yeah, we'll be uh, next week. We'll be able to go over the draft as well as by that point free agency will have kicked off so we'll be able to get a recap of everything that's happened thus far at that point and kind of give some analysis on that as well as kind of get ready for the winter meetings of baseball because that should be starting up and and do a quick couple takes on on football and see just where things have landed by that point but uh, oh yeah Go ahead. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was laughing at uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay losing last week. Uh, and uh, they're already saying, will Antonio Brown tear this team up <laughs> in in one half? And somebody made a meme saying that he's already tore this team up in one half. <laughs> well, you know what uh, our boy Sharp thinks of them, so. Oh yeah, yeah. He can't. Uh, Uncle Shay Shay can't stand that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, we had a good conversation this evening, and uh, like I said, we are definitely going to be bringing more to you. Uh, I I'm planning on recording another show tomorrow. This one, just to give you guys a, a sneak peek of it, it's going to be. Uh, Another one of my passions, we've talked about the sports, uh, so a little entertainment talk, 
Uh, we we promised to get with you on the social issues eventually, but we're kind of saving that. So stay stay tuned for that. But tomorrow is going to be one of my guilty pleasures. I'm talking video games. So yeah. Oh yeah. Be prepared sir. for that. Now now I will say I will say good luck on that uh, because I'm an old school video game guy. You know I still love playing Nintendo and stuff like that. But uh my co-host is really gonna take you in depth now <laughs> with the video game thing. So good luck and you guys will get a lot of knowledge about that. So have fun on that show, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So I like I said, uh just look forward to hearing from you guys on our feet and some feedback. We are fine in the beginning stages of putting together the social media page. So once that's up and running, uh, hopefully we can direct you all there to be able to uh, send us questions, uh, give us some show topics, things of that sort that you want to hear from. And, and, and we'll be able to communicate with you more there obviously as well. So for now, Z, uh, Brother T, you got anything you want to plug before we um, head out today? No, I'm good, family. You know, uh, just everybody be safe out there, man. You know, it's uh, it's it's a different different time in the world right now. So just make sure you wear your mask, wear your gloves, and uh, and make sure you take care. Take care of yourself and your family, especially during these holiday times. Uh, and uh, just make sure you watch yourself out here in the streets, because uh, you know it's it's definitely a uh, it's a historic time. And so, um, just be careful out here, everybody. And uh, I, uh, by by the grace of God, we'll see you guys next week. That is right, sir. That is right. And I close the show like I always do. Uh, we just hope to, like my grandpa say, keep getting better and better at this. Brother. Peace. Peace.